And what I learned is start scaling, start scaling up. So it was working. So I was like, all right, how can I do more of this? And the only way I can do more is adding more radio stations. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hey there, and welcome back to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Grace Mills with REI Radio 2.0. And today we actually have a really exciting guest on. It is actually a student who has already been through the radio journey, Sean Zabry. And Sean actually wanted to hop on just to go over his entire business. I'm super excited and super pumped. Sean is actually on about five stations, picking up his sixth station. I'm doing um, over, you know, has done over 450 transactions. So I'm super excited to have Sean on today and really be able to dive into his world and, and pick his brain on what's working for him, for you guys and the audience that's listening, you know, pick up some gems here for what could work for you in terms of marketing or just running your wholesaling business as a whole. So I'm super excited. Hi, Sean, would you like to just do a soft intro and, and give some backdrop on you and your background just so the audience has an understanding? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the amazing introduction, Grace. Uh, but yeah, so my name is Sean Zavery. I'm based out in Houston, Texas. I've uh, been in the real estate industry for about six years now. Uh, since 2016, when I graduated college, I got right in. Basically, um, started off wholesaling. Right, We still wholesale. That's primarily our business, wholesaling houses. We do some fix and flips. We do some buy and holds do some new construction on some commercial properties as well. But primarily, it's wholesaling. I have a team of about four people in office and then four people virtual. You know, We're doing anywhere um, between 75 to 100 deals for the past three years. And yeah, I just wanted to go in and talk about my, my real estate journey, my, my radio journey, which thanks to you guys, you, know, you guys actually got me lifted on that, uplifted. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Nice. Now, just out of curiosity, what what piqued your interest in real estate, or have you ever always had an interest? You know, coming out of college. No, I I, I didn't have an interest in real estate. Uh, I knew about it here and there, but so basically, a little more background about me is I come from a family business. I was working with my family's business for about eight years before I graduated college, or before I got into real estate. So they're a, a furniture, a local furniture company out in Houston. We have about seven locations now all around town massive store. It's a, it's a, it's a furniture empire, right? It's not like this little small mom and pop store anymore. It's huge. It has hundreds of employees, like 150, 200 employees. I went to the last Christmas party and I was like, man, this has grown. So, so it's a huge company of, you know, stores about like anywhere from 25 to 50,000 square feet. We're nice. thousand square feet. So it's huge. So I was working with them for about, you know, seven, eight years. I was getting ready to gra- graduate college. And, you know, up to 2016, I was like, you know, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work with my family and grow the empire and lose furniture. That's what's furniture is furniture for, you know, forever. Right. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my thing until I stopped like liking going to work. I, I was like, man, I'm, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, and I just soon to realize that furniture is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. a lot of self-evaluation, you know, as in what I'm going to do, because I'm the youngest sibling out of three other siblings. I'm, I have two older brothers, one older sister, and I'm the youngest sibling. So it was like to leave a family business is obviously a big deal, mm-hmm. um, but I just knew that this is not what I wanted for the future. So my girlfriend at the time with my wife now, we were still in school our last semester. 
And that's where I'm like evaluating, like, what am I going to do next? You know, I'm graduating with a degree, which it was a corporate communication degree, which we're doing right now. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, when I work with my family, I wore a lot of different hats. You know, I did, I did sales. I did uh, inventory manager. I worked in the warehouse, delivery driver. I did accounts payable, accounts receivable. But I wore a bunch of different hats, which was, which was a blessing. So I started thinking on all those different hats I wore. What did I enjoy the most? And hands down, it was selling. I love selling. I love talking to people. I love communicating. Uh, it just gave me a thrill with sales. And that was, that was what I was best at too when I worked at with the family's furniture company. So I was like, all right, sales is what I'm going to get into. Now, what in sales? Uh, long story short, my girlfriend at the time, like I said, she was working for a, a builder. A new mm-hmm. You know, she was like, have you looked into, have you thought about real estate? I'm like, no, I never thought about real estate. She's like, oh, because my, my boss... Uh, you know, who does new home sales, she was an assistant for him. She's like, he makes, he makes a lot of money. I'm like, really? I was like, how much is he making? She was like, he clocked in 600,000 last year. I was like, Six wow, yeah. Like, real <laughs> like real estate is the answer. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Tell me. Enough You're sales. sold. You're like, nope, I'm good. No more. I don't need any other information. I'm good to go. <laughs> I know the guy and I know that, you know, the no, no, um, you know, disrespect or anything like that on him, but I know him. I'm like, yo, you know, if he can do it, so can I. You know, so that, that's my mindset. I always had like, if they can do it, nice. why not me? Right. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to go ahead and get into new home sales and start selling homes. And then I, you know, I started researching real estate. That's when I started researching real estate. It was about maybe March of mm-hmm. 2016. I got into real estate May of 2016 when I graduated. Two weeks later, I, I put my first bandit sign. But yeah, so started researching real estate as in you know, what are, what are the different avenues? And obviously then I started realizing there's so much to real estate other than just selling homes. There's, you know, real estate investing, there's buying holes, there's fixed flips, there's, you know, agents, there's all this other stuff, new home sales and everything like that, listing agent, leasing agents, all that good stuff. So anyways, uh, what really piqued my interest was real estate investing. I was like, you know, this mm-hmm. is I, I think I want to do. I want to do real estate investing. So started Googling real estate investing, all that good stuff. Sitting in class one day, and um, I guess Google followed me, you know, GeoTracker or whatnot. Right. On Instagram. And I get a sponsored ad from a guy named Nick Ruiz talking about how he flips homes with no money down and how he's, you know, flipping this, mon- this many properties, you know, without using any of his money. And I was like, you know, I-, I had some savings, but I didn't have like a lot of money to buy houses. Oh, this is this sounds interesting. So started looking into him. He had a course. And by the grace of God, he had a course in May. Right. So other months, they're $99 a month. Mm-hmm. He had a course, he had a special promotion he was doing for $2 a month. And that's when I was like actually looking into him. I was like, $2 a month, what is there to lose? So I went ahead and purchased mm-hmm. the course, started diving deep into the course. And um, yeah, that's how I got into real estate. You know, Nick Rue has his course and then started listening to Sean Terry. And, and yeah, that was that's where my real estate journey began. I, I put my first bandit sign on May 31st, 2016. And I remember that day vividly because I was like, this is, this is the start. Not that is incredible. And a lot of people that are listening right now resonate with that. You need income, right? And so a lot of people go to work because you're like, hey, I need, but it's very easy to go. This is not what I'm passionate about. And when you're not passionate about it, it doesn't excite you to go to work. You don't want to be there. Like every hour is a dread. It, it's like the day just drags on and on and on and on, right? <laughs> and you're like, I need an exit. This isn't working. So I absolutely, I understand that moment. And uh, believe it or not, there was a particular point like you, I loved sales 
and I loved communicating with people. I actually spent a lot of time working for some odd reason in customer service, it, you know, and then I went this, I don't like this. <laughs> and I actually studied mass communications and then dove back into marketing, which dove into being able to play both sides. I can communicate with people and I got to tap into sales. So I definitely understand that. And that's a lot of people that are listening are going, oh my gosh, that's me. But there is another option out there for you. And real estate can definitely create a lot more freedom, right? And then you can tap into multiple skills because just like you working at a furniture company, you're able to wear multiple hats, which is great because then you, once you dive into real estate, you have so much transferable skills. You're like, I've, I've done things like this, except now you're doing something that's in your control. You got way more free time and you have the freedom to make more money. Yeah. You're in full control of that. And real estate is incredible as an, you know, as an, an industry to be able to, to dive into. Now, I am curious if, um, you know, I know that you said that you, you, you jumped into that first course about learning how to flip. How much of your business right now is based on flips or, you know, is there really like, do you have one main focus? Is it wholesaling? Is it wholesaling? Is it flip rehab? What does that look like? Yeah. So I consider wholesaling and flipping the same thing just because. Now, because before I, I considered it two different things because we would take on any rehab, any flip, right? If there's rehab, 50K, now we only focus on 25K and under. I'm not going to focus on anything that I don't enjoy. It doesn't, mm. I, don't, I don't enjoy construction. I don't like construction. So I'm not going to go ahead and, you know, bring on a 35, 40K in rehab. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing the construction, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you still got to manage it somehow, somewhere. I mean, there's still contractors, there's still employees for you. There's still, you know, and contractors, if you know anything about them, I mean, they're just, they're a different breed. And I just, yes, them too much. So now our company, we only deal with, you know, flips that are under 20, 25K, right? So that would, I mean, a lot of people consider a hotel, you know, five or 10K as well. And that's mm-hmm. what focus primarily on, on hotels, but if we can put a little 10 more K into it to get 30 more K, we'll go ahead and do that. But anyways, uh, to answer your question, wholesaling is about 75% of my business. And mm-hmm. Other 25% is, is flipping, which, you know, it's mixed in with wholesaling as well. Gotcha. Perfect. Do you ever, you know, actually keep any of these properties or? Yeah. So we, we keep some properties here and there, you know, for long-term use, we have some buy and holds. We have about mm-hmm. buy and holds, but, um, you know, the reason why you buy buy and holds, it's for, you know, obviously depreciation for cash, cash flow. And, you know, for that reason, which, which is cool. But I, I saw that and I got into it for passive income. But mm-hmm. uh, sooner or later, I realized I need a lot of uh, single family houses to get to the passive income that I want. So that's why we started getting into commercial real estate. So we got into commercial industrial real estate. So that's what we're actually doing ground up developments on. Um, so it's called um, office warehouses, flex spaces. Mm -hmm. like you know these warehouses that are 75 percent warehouse and then 25 percent office and you rent them out to different business owners so they use it for their businesses so we're actually building a 20,000 square foot uh office warehouse in two phases Uh, so one phase will be 10,000 the other phase will be another 10,000 and we're splitting them up into six units Mm -hmm. in total and we're going to rent them out so that's my long-term vision of my passive income it's triple net and it's something that I can, I can see myself, you know, it's just a lot. It's, you know, playing with the big boys. I, w- I want to play with the big boys. Yeah, I get. And the passive income is huge, but then you, you do have to take into consideration this. Am I wanting to have to manage that? <laughs> that <was laughs> you know, that's where, that, that's where I didn't like, I didn't enjoy it. Like we have about four or five and 
I just don't like when I get those calls and I can, I can do it. I can, you know, outsource it to a management company or to an executive assistant, but I mean, then it just eats up your cash flow. And then it, there's not even that much cash flow to begin with, with single family houses. I mean, you know, you're looking at three to five, $600 after mortgages and whatnot. And I'd rather deal with something bigger. Yeah. And that's, again, the beauty of real estate is that there's so many different Right. avenues to play with, right. right? There is, you know, for some people that you may be totally comfortable being a landlord. You may, oh, hey, like that, that works for me. Um, you may be a hundred percent comfortable doing a bunch of construction or at least having to manage um, contractors uh, and all that that comes with it. But if you know that that's not, it's not the end of the world, right? Because you go, well, what other options are there for me? There are plenty the yeah. real estate as an industry is the one industry where you, there's a ton of different avenues for you to tap into to find really what you're passionate about uh, and what you would like to focus on. Right. And Grace, you wouldn't, you're not going to know until you actually get into it and you get started. Mm-hmm. Oh, this in the beginning, my first two years, I didn't know like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, enjoy this or I'm not going to take, I'm going to do construction. I'm going to do, a, you know, office warehouses. I didn't know that I got into it. I started buying rentals. I started flipping houses. I started wholesaling houses. I actually started doing this type of stuff where I was like, hey, I enjoy this. I don't enjoy this. Hey, I can outsource this. I can't outsource this. So it was like things like that. So, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people kind of like, all right, this is what I'm going to do because I like to do this and I'm not going to touch this. No, touch it and see how mm-hmm. you once you touch it and feel it, then go ahead and be like, all right, and then make a decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a great, you won't know until you get started, but you have a lot of people kind of wait on the sidelines. They say, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Let me research you. There's at some particular point where you've done enough research, you've done, done enough Google. There's only but so much Google is going to be able to tell you until you put your foot in. Absolutely. This is the best teacher. Yes, absolutely. You got to just step your toe in there. There is risk involved, but the reward is much higher, right? When you look at what you could potentially be building is you are stepping out of, you know, potentially a nine to five that you hate, you dread going to. It's not fulfilling. And that's the, the thing as well is when you're passionate about something, it fulfills you in a way that it, it's just different. When you're like, I'm doing what I know is meant for me. And I'm doing something that is going to make a huge impact on my family legacy, right? Right. And it's giving you free time and also giving you the freedom to create as much income as you please. Whereas you could be working on nine to five, that's limited, right? Some nine to five just have salary caps. They're just like, no matter how hard you work, like this is it. This is all you're going to be able to actually pull out here. Now, I am curious and in, in, in terms of like exploring this more with you, especially for the audience, you know, we've got a, a lot of the audience that just loves numbers, right? Like we've hit on the, <laughs> all the philosophical stuff. They're like, yeah, show me the money. <laughs> Sean, do you mind breaking down the number of transactions you've done across the you know, six years? What does that look like on average per month um, in terms of the number of deals, your average prop, like break down the numbers for us at this point. Yeah. So I'll break it down. I mean, we're in 2022, so I'll break down 20, 2020 and 2021 numbers. And then I'll tell you a little bit of 2019, 2018, if I can remember. I don't, I don't have the memory. But anyways, um, last year's number, we did 1.5 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did about almost 77 transactions. So 1.5, 77 transactions. The year before that, we did 1.4 and we did about 96 transactions. And then we hit a million as well. Yeah, 2019 was my first million that we hit. A seven-figure company. That's the first time we hit 20, uh, in 2019. So 2018, we're still kind of you know growing the team and whatnot. But yeah, so that's the numbers for you guys uh, if you want to know. So last year, and then our marketing channels. I guess you want me to go in the marketing channels or last year as in so our average deal size. I think last year was like 22, 23 thousand. Before that was like 
15, 16,000, something like that. Our deal size has grown because nice. or quality rather than quantity. Um, mm-hmm. so our, we went in vol- volume, we went lower. And this year is actually surprising. I mean, this is gonna be our best quarter yet as of, as a date, um, which has been a blessing, but, uh, what's this quarter projected just out of curiosity, 540. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So 540,000 is projected and that's, this quarter is about to end in a couple of days. So we, we have three more closings, which are which is going to happen one today and then two tomorrow and then we should be good. So God willing, everything goes through. But that would be the best quarter that we ever had, 540. Second to best quarter was 520. And the funny thing is, I don't know, I don't know if this is, but this is interesting. But you know how they say kids bring you blessings? I don't know. If yes. But yeah, so basically my daughter was born. I have a 20-month-old daughter. I don't know, 20-month young daughter. I think that's what you said, right? 20-month young daughter. She was born on July 21st, 2020. And then that was the start of the third quarter, July, August, September. That mm-hmm. was my best quarter as of date, right? Well, that's where we hit 520. And then my son... Who's two and a half months was just born in January of January 13th of this year. And then this is going to be my best quarter ever. So yes, definitely. Not, yeah. It's definitely not my team. It's my, my kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the game changer for those that are listening. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kids, but make sure you're married. Make sure you got everything planned out. <laughs> but no, that I just, just a side note. I just thought it would be it's an interesting fact. And I didn't know this until like two weeks ago, where I was like kind of just crunching up the numbers because like, man, this month has been good. Let's let's see what the what the month mm-hmm. the quarter looks like. Because I'm just kind of a guy who's just kind of in it. I'll see my numbers, my KPIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I didn't, you know, you know, a year a year and a half ago, I I was just kind of in it, in it, in it, in it. Now you know, I have a team in place and whatnot. I have people who send me KPIs. And I just look at it and that's it. I just kind of rub through it. But I was just kind of just wanted to analyze numbers. But yeah, that's that's the numbers for you guys. That's good stuff. Now, your radio journey, do we, would you like to just walk walk the audience through that? As I believe you started about February of last year, but you know, can you just walk them through? All right, here's where you started to up to where you're at now at this particular point. Yeah. So I, I got the course. It was actually and I got the course something in uh 2020. I didn't do anything to I didn't do anything with it until February of uh twenty. 21. And then I started, you know, basically contacting sales reps and, um, you know, seeing what the best price they can give me. And Grace was actually the one who helped me out with the first one with, Hey, you know, cumes. And I, you know, I didn't know the lingo, but anyways, um, you know, got some reports, qualitative reports, hour by hour rankers from the, the radio stations and the sales reps. And, um, my first radio station I got was uh, 93.7. It's like an urban hip hop station. And, um, and yeah, we got, that was our first one and we got a lot of success from it. I mean, it was from February all the way until September was when we had our second one. Mm-hmm. We our second one. No, no, we added another one in between, but it didn't do good. So I dropped it. It was a, it was a country station. It didn't do so good. We had, we added that one in May, mm-hmm. but I tried it for three months and then it didn't do so good. So I added a second one, uh, another second one, which was 104. And then since September, I mean, we've added five, three more. And then we added another one, that's, which is next one. So we added four more. So I've been going pretty fast with the whole... So I did six in about, I guess you can say, 14 months. Nice. Yes. That's all the results, right? I mean, that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. That's all the results. And I was like, hey, this is it. So and what I learned is start scaling, start scaling up. So it was working. So I was like, all right, how can I do more of this? And the only way I can do more is adding more radio stations. So I just added more radio stations. and. Uh, what was your sure sign that it was working? Were you looking at the number of calls you were getting, the types of calls, the number of deals, the profit per deal, what all included in that? 
I was I was looking at calls as well, but my main focus was deals, contracts, and closings. Right, so um, that's what we look at. How many? How many? Uh, we were looking at numbers, but that's not what we were really. I mean, as in calls, we weren't really tracking exactly how many calls were coming in. I was just seeing the call volume. I was like, this is a good amount of call volume. It changed the morale of the company. It changed like when the callers call from radio, they're motivated, right? They're really mm-hmm. all the time. So that's what we really liked. It, was like, it reminded of us of PPC, uh, Google AdWords, but it was you know you became that that celebrity. A lot of people who were called, they were called for me because I'm on the radio. I mean, so it gave you the celebrity status. But it just it gave you so much more credibility. I mean, it like like I mean, I'm not trying to repeat what they say, but it's <laughs> it's so true. Like when people call, right, you get the credibility already. And it's just like, hey, I got a couple other offers of 105, 105, 105, or I got 105, 110. I mean, if you could do 105 for me, I'll go with you because I mean I heard you on the radio and I, I just nice. you I heard you so many times. And I just know that you know you guys are the real deal. I mean, obviously our Google reviews are, helps us as well because they a, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of these people who are, you know, hearing you on the radio, they also call from our website number. So then I'm like, how are they calling from our website? Because we, our website number went up too. And we have a call record mm-hmm. and, you know, we have different numbers for different, you know, marketing channels. So during this, after we added radio, you know, radio calls went up, but our website calls went up too. And that's because people are searching you up on your website, looking to see if you're credible. So if you have Google, yeah. we do credit it that's automatic. Like, hey, you're on the radio. You got good Google reviews. That's all I need to know. And from there, you know, they were just like, Hey, you know, I got a few other offers, but if you can do this for me, you know, it's a done deal. And we get that, we get that still to this day. So that's, that's a, this is a definitely a good sign. So those signs and just the contracts that were coming in, just a large amount of, you know, profit, like they're, they're big deals. They're, we call them bangers. They're bangers that come in from radio. <laughs> that was another good sign for us. Not just in terms of numbers, how are you differentiating those bangers? And just out of curiosity, were you getting more bigger pops and deals with these radio leads, or how would those comparing to your other sources? Just in terms of numbers for someone that's listening, they're like, well, what is the biggest difference? Yeah, well, we consider any you know 30k plus a banger. I mean, obviously, that's not our biggest deal. Our biggest deal to this day is 140,000 uh, assignment. Nice, the commercial deal, but our biggest radio assignment is $65,000. So that's that. But uh, we just consider anything over 30 a banger, you know, because we do cold calling. So we have cold calling. We have, we were doing SMS. We're not doing SMS anymore, but currently we're doing cold calling, radio, SEO, and uh, pay-per-click, PPC. Those are the four marketing channels we're doing. We were doing radio, uh, TV as well, but I tried that for about four or five months. I just wasn't getting a good response was from, you know, the other marketing channels. So we dropped that. But yeah, so those are the four marketing channels. But what I see difference with radio and sometimes I see with uh, PPC as well, Google AdWords, but I don't see as much like the volume that I see with, with radio is, you know, like I said, when people call, they're motivated, they're ready to mm-hmm. go. They have their things lined up. They've been having a house vacant for seven, eight years, and they want to just get these properties off their hands. And, and you know, you're the caller that they're going to call and they're going to sell to. And that's it. I mean, they're just, they're ready to go. You, if you obviously... You can't just be like, all right, you know, it still takes a sales process. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. connect with them, build rapport. And if you you can have that down, if you can, you know, make them your friend, then it's an easy sell. I absolutely, absolutely concur. And acquisition managers, definitely. I love when you said it boosted the morale of your company because that gets missed as well. 
Um, sometimes there are uh, in a, all, if there's a marketing channel out there for you to utilize, definitely give it a try. But there are some marketing channels that drag, <laughs> you know, like people are just like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to switch to so many leads. That's why we stop SMS. I mean, SMS is good for a lot of people. For us that as well in 2019 and 2020, but 2021, it was just, we had to swift through so many leads. Um, you know, there's so many people that were not motivated that we had mm-hmm. to you know, talk to. And like I said, the morale. So I have to, we're still doing cold calling. We've been doing cold calling since we started in 2016. Mm-hmm. I still have to remind my acquisition guys here and there, but now my, my sales manager reminds them but that, that cold call is still not our bread and butter, but it's still our top marketing channel. That Absolutely. Bringing us so much revenue for the past years we can't forget about it because that you have to swift through a lot of leads to right anywhere from like 35 to 40 leads for cold call to get a contract but for radio it's honestly i don't have the numbers but i for sure i think it's about 10 to 12 leads that are ready to go and that's just because i think it's probably even lower than that i'll I'll say about eight to 12 leads that come in the contract gotcha yeah, and that's a that's huge. That the credibility is definitely huge, especially when you're in an, a market or just in the industry as a whole. You think of real estate investing. You could be in a market that is becoming competitive, or it's already competitive. And so, to only do the marketing channels that everyone else is doing is going to be a little hard. At some point, you do want to step your foot in and go, "Hey, let me try something different." Or let me just tinker with what I'm already doing to see um, if there's any sort of, you know, response that I can, I, I can, anything that I can increase, anything you can play with, right? Because everyone is doing the same thing. Um, but I'm definitely big on, you want to cover your bases on outbound. Cold calling is definitely still effective. And if you can balance that with an inbound marketing source, your bases are covered. Because there are some people that are happy to contact you directly. And there are some people that are very happy to still, you know, answer your cold call and you might pull some teeth and it may take a couple of, you know, attempts to get them on, but it's definitely still worth that deal. How is that hearing yourself on the radio and and, and that adjustment? Was that odd for you? Oh yeah, I'm on radio now. (laughs) No, it wasn't odd for me. Uh, because the reason why is because, you know, I used to work for my family you know, yeah. business. So I've been on TV before for their, for the family business. I've been on radio before. I used to, when I was a kid, my brother, it was my brother. So that's also why I love radio. And when this course came out, I was like, this is it. Why? I don't know why a lot of investors are not doing radio because for our family's business, radio and TV has been like the best marketing channel for them. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been on TV before for their, for the family business. I've been on radio before. So just when I got into it, I was like, okay, you know, I know this is going to work because it worked for them. I mean, I was like, hopefully it works, but Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't, you know, to answer your question, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like to get adjusted, but just what was, I guess what the adjustment was where like your friends call you or whatnot, like I heard you on the radio and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just getting adjusted with that. Like, oh, wow. Awesome. What radio station was. And, you know, you just obviously can't be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's awesome. We're, we're radio station. Awesome. How do you like it? How, what, any feedback and things of that nature. So that was just an adjustment that I had to do. That was just kind of different to me where I had friends that I haven't talked to in years that were calling <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook. Like, Hey, I heard you on the radio, man. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh man, thank you so much. Yeah, that's huge. And the, and the the callers as well, because it, you're absolutely right. Sellers will definitely call and just ask for you directly because it's the ad sounds so personal yeah. that they're like, oh, Sean can buy my house. 
that they literally call and say, hey, where's Sean? <laughs> I definitely understand what you mean. They name drop you. They're like, yeah, I heard you you buy houses for cash. Like, you know, I want to talk to you about my property. Absolutely. Like that makes a huge uh, difference here. Now, I'm just curious as well. Uh, and I forgot to follow up on this earlier. When you mentioned that this is getting ready to be your greatest quarter or, you know, just, you know, with your transactions thus far this year, where are you at specifically in your radio deals? Like, uh, how many of those you know, out of that five forty that you're projecting to hit, how many of those are actually coming off radio? Like for this year, if someone was listening and they're like, "Okay, I get it," Sean, you know, hit a couple million in a row. I mean, a million, you know, point four, a million point five, great. But where is Sean like right now? Because some people won't believe it. They're like, "Yeah, okay, you made money on radio. You're really famous, but right now, this month, this quarter, your last quarter, like, what was the actual amount of money that radio pulled in for you specifically?" So I know we've talked about a couple of uh, sources. Yeah. So. Um... 75% of our deals have came from radio this quarter. So this this month, we're closing 11 transactions and about seven of them are from radio. Profit, I mean, I can look it up on my Excel sheet. I, don't, I didn't have that ready for me. I apologize. But I, I mean, profit, I mean, we're making this month, by the grace of God, hopefully it all goes through. Um, and I told you I was an open book, so I was going to share with you. I, I'm, but anyways, uh, it's about uh, 290,000, 293,000 to be exact, but 290,000 is what we're projected to make this month. That's also going to be our best month ever. And also, I, I could thank radio for that because, like I said, 75% of the deals are from radio. And that's actually six deals in total. So average about 35000 Whoa. Yeah. Those are your bangers, right, that you're talking about. <laughs> those are those Houston bangers. <laughs> nice. 35K average, six deals, 207, and then the rest of... Uh, eighty was eighty seven thousand is from cold calling and one is from referral. Nice, absolutely. And you have acquisition managers, or you know, how is your how's that set up for you in terms of a team? Yeah. So in office, um, it's basically four of us. It's me. Mm-hmm. I'm a transactional coordinator who is also my disposition manager. That's Ashley, and then I have uh, Dante, who's my uh, sales manager, and then I have David, who's our acquisition agent. And then we have overseas. We have two. Uh, junior acquisitions who are like follow-up agents who are virtual. They're basically just calling leads that we haven't been able to get a hold of or people that we missed follow-up date with or just pre-qualifying old leads in our system to see if they're you know interested again or if they qualify for you know our buying criteria and then do a live transfer to our uh, agents in the office where they close it. So basically, they, they vet them out for them. They live transfer them for their, for their closers to close them office. So I have two acquisition guys in office, two overseas. Of four, fourteen total of acquisitions. Got it. Have you noticed a major difference when you were kind of doing this on your own versus having a team? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I started growing a team. Um, so twenty seventeen, um, my wife who was with my girlfriend at the time. She joined me in January of twenty seventeen. She was like, "Hey, I've seen some deals that you close. You know, this and this and that." And I always wanted to get in real estate too. That's why I told you about it. And you know, I'm gonna come join you. I'm like. I don't think I have anything for you. I'm not, you know, I wasn't ready for like to add it. Yeah. Like, well, I just quit yesterday. So I'm ready to come join you. I was like, oh, okay, we'll come. <laughs> we got appointments together. And she did a lot of the transactional coordinator side of the business, a lot of the admin paying financials. But yeah, so it was just me and her 2017. And then 2017, December was when I hired my first, uh, it was actually a virtual assistant, Michelle. And I still have her to this day. She's my executive assistant now. So 2017 was my first hire. 2018, I started hiring acquisitions. That's when I started hiring acquisition people. 2018, hired disposition in 2019. I had a mm-hmm. massive team at one point. Right before COVID hit, 
and it wasn't due to COVID. We broke apart. It was just due to like me realizing I didn't need a big team for this whole stuff. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like, you know, six sales guys. I had a disposition agent. I had a transactional coordinator agent, a transactional coordinator person. So I had about eight, nine people in this office. Um, and it was just, it was chaotic. Gotcha. Yeah. No, you get when in business, you're going to scale up. And then at some point, yeah, you look at the way you scaled and go, is this necessary? Like in the moment you're like, Hey, I know I need to grow. I probably need some team members. So it's perfectly fine. If you get to a point where you're like, I'm actually overstaffed. (laughs) That was like, it was just too much. And you know, obviously the more acquisition people you have, the more marketing that you have to do because you have to feed them as well. Right. You have to feed them Mm -hmm. spending a lot of marketing. We had a lot of overhead with the acquisitions. It was just a lot. So uh, we really cut back. So now I have a lean team. We're actually doing the best numbers we've ever done. Um, and it's just going through it, right? Trial and error, right? You're not going to always get in the first place, but you just fail forward, right? Once you fail forward, you're able to accomplish a lot of things. Um, because like I said, experience is the best teacher. If I didn't go through that time, I wouldn't have been where I am, where I'm now. Absolutely. Now, before we wrap, I always like to, um, you know, pick, you know, our guest brains, especially for those that are listening, because this industry can get very competitive. And again, like I, I mentioned earlier, you always want to make sure that you're a step or doing something different. Is there anything, you know, outside of your marketing, maybe the way you service people or anything that you include in your messaging that's a little contrarian to what your other other competitors or other investors may be doing that you find is working really well for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously we 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 have we focus on our we lean on our core values, right? Integrity, fearlessness, but integrity as in uh, we try to do as as much as we can for the sellers, for the buyers as well. But I, I would say to answer your question, and you know, just to not to make it too complicated, um, the services that we offer. So we offer uh, moving services for our sellers. We give them two to three days to move out after closing, so they can get the funds. They, and then they, they will give them two to three days to move out. Obviously, we do a holdback of $5,000 until they're fully out. So we help them move free charge, no, no charge to them. And we just treat them like, and, you know, we obviously hold their hands through the whole process. I mean, you got to understand us. We do this every single day, right? We're buying houses, selling houses every single day. But for a seller, this is the first time they ever sold a house maybe, or, you know, they haven't done it in 30 or 40 years or however many years. It's been a long time. So we want to make sure we we hold their hand through the whole process, letting them know, hey, we're here to provide service. We're not here just to buy your house. So whatever you need, you know, there's sometimes we do cash advances. Um, they need advances to you know put a deposit down to the apartment. Mm-hmm. That they're going through stressful times. So yeah, whatever the case may be. So you know, cash advances is one thing that we do. Uh, moving services, you know, provide moving services is another thing that we do. You know, giving them two to three days after we close on the property to move out is another thing that we do. And um, that's pretty much it. That's amazing. And and that can make a huge difference is remembering that these are just people. They don't have pretty situations. Their lives are not cookie cutter, right? Like they have unique situations going on, but there are still people at the very end of the day who just need help. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we're in the business for. We're not in the business by only discounted properties. We're in the business to help these individuals. And that's the way you have to think of it. Like, hey, I need to help this person. So how can I help them? But not just by buying their house. What's another step I can do? Hey, they need to, you know, fly out to go see their, hey, we'll go ahead and buy your plane ticket. And, you know, you can fly out there and we'll send a mobile notary out. You don't have to be in Houston to sign. So just think those things that we are willing to, you know, think outside of the box, just so we can stand out from our other competitors or, you know, friends that we have in the Houston area. Because I'm in a, I'm in a competitive city, you know, I'm in Houston, yeah. I'm in a huge city. So it's not, you know, we got to obviously stand out one way or the other. And mm-hmm. like radio was another way for me to stand out because it's 
like you said in the beginning, it's it's not something that everybody's doing. So and the reason why is because it's it's not a low barrier entry. Like cold calling, you can go ahead and get a list, you can call get cold callers and you can go ahead and do that. Radio, it takes some steps if you're doing it on your own, but if you have, you know, REI radio to help you out, you can, you know, it's pretty much, you know, a cookie cutter, it's done for you type of thing. But a lot of people don't know that. Um, so that's why you guys need to stop advertising. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, it's, it's you know it's when people think of me on the like, oh how'd you get on the radio i'm like man we had a lot of negotiating which it was it was a lot of negotiating a lot of back and forth and i don't know about you know other students if anybody has gave up like during the negotiation part because you know it takes some consistency and persistence to you know go ahead and get those sales reps to agree on your price because we're buying it at a wholesale price we're not paying uh radio yes and retail and that's what we do we're, we're that's what i tell these sales reps for the radio station i'm like hey I have a real estate investment company, so we're buying discounted property. So I'm not going to go ahead and buy a radio ad. A radio at retail. retail. That would be ridiculous, yeah. you know? So they understand. I tell them straight up, hey, I'm not going to go ahead and buy a retail. I'm going to buy a wholesale. So, um, and that's just the way, you know, we, we do the whole process. That, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. That definitely comes up a lot. I don't know how many times I've seen bad deals. I'm like, that sales rep is manipulating you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, that's what they're, that's what some of these guys do or some of these gals do, but, um, you know, you just gotta understand, I mean, you gotta get the lingo, right? The cumes and when you start mm-hmm. telling them cumes and once you start telling qualitative reports, they're like, Oh, this person knows what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Game changer. You can hear the switch go off and their your conversations where they're like, Oh, I can't, I can't BS you how I would usually <laughs> Like this person knows a thing or two, right? You can hear this. Well, oh, you know, or hey, where have you worked in radio? I'm like, yes, absolutely. You can hear that switch. But just before we wrap, Sean, um, for anyone that, you know, as they're listening to you, especially other investors, um, if someone was looking out, you know, maybe just to connect and network with you, uh, maybe JV, anything like that, where can they actually find you? How do they, you know, get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. Sean Zavery, S-E-A-N, Zavery, Z as in zebra, A-V-A-R-Y. That's my Instagram. And I'm um, starting becoming actually pretty active on TikTok as well. Uh, you know, my cousin challenged me into a TikTok challenge because you know, <laughs> nice. I wanted to do a personal brand. Like I wanted to start growing my personal brand. So him and his buddy challenged each other. Like, hey, we're going to uh, post uh, one post a day on TikTok 50, uh, for 50 days straight. So he invited me to that challenge. So I actually been sharing a lot of value and knowledge on TikTok. So that's kind of, I, on Instagram, I haven't shared anything. I'm going to start actually reposting a lot of the stuff that I post on TikTok. I was just trying to get used to the camera and used to like, you know, sharing content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty uh, three weeks in, so I feel I'm good. So, and you know, sooner or later, you guys are going to see me blow up on Instagram. You guys are going to see <laughs> nice. my viral videos. But um, long story short, you can find me on TikTok as well. Sean Zavery. And, uh, you know, reach out to me if you need any, any help in anything in radio or just wholesaling or just real estate investing. Um, you know, I can definitely help you guys out. And uh, if you have any deals in Houston, you know, bring it to me out. We'll either buy it or we'll help you find another buyer and, um, hopefully we can work together. Yeah, that's big. Well, thank you so much. Like, this is super awesome to hear. Like from your start, I know you, you know, you started in real estate six years ago, but running, you know, in radio from February of last year up until about almost on your sixth station now and 
over two hundred thousand dollars that you're you know looking at just in radio deals alone for this quarter and hearing about your core values and, and your team and the way that you were building your team and the difference that you're seeing this has been super amazing just to hear about your journey overall there are so many different points of value that you shared here i'm super grateful to have had you on I, i'm sure the audience is sitting there like they're like oh i have to like look at everything and they're like wait a minute you know shine sean mentioned this 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 and that so hopefully for you guys this was very helpful real estate has so many different avenues. Like if there's anything that you take away from this conversation, remember that there's a ton of different avenues here to play with. Sean and I both can resonate with you sitting at a nine to five that's not fulfilling you, that it's not passionate and that you are looking for some more freedom or you're like, hey, this isn't for me. You got to put your foot in somewhere and at least get started. You may not like, you know, the first, you know, uh, thing that you Google in terms of, you know, real estate investing. You may not. You may not want to do flips or, or rehabbing or even having to keep your eye on, you know, contractors or things like that. But there are so many different things for you to play with. At least get your foot out there and and test it out just so that you know. Uh, right, Sean, what was your phrase? Ex- experience? Experience is the best teacher, right? Experience is the best teacher. And, and I'll end it off with this as well. I mean... If for anybody who's kind of on the edge of wanting to get into real estate or not, I mean, if you do real estate the right way, which is the right way is, you know, you have a work ethic, you have perseverance, persistence, you have a hustler mentality to get in and you actually get in all in, real estate can change your life because it changed my life. It brought me so many opportunities that I didn't not, I did not know that it was going to provide me. And I always leaned on faith, right? That's one of our other core values, faith. And, you know, if you have faith that it will work because it will work and I can be a living testament to it. I mean, it's worked for me. So if it like the same way I think of other people when I was like getting involved in Nick Ruiz's course, I was watching mm-hmm. all the time and I'll see other people, you know, find success in this business. And the way I always thought is if they can do it, so can I. So for the audience, if I can do it, so can you just lean on faith, have that work ethic, have a strong mentality, have a, you know, mentality where you're going to get it done. And uh, I guarantee you, you know, you'll find success. Absolutely. And thank you again so much, Sean, for being on. This is another great podcast. And, you know, with that end note, guys, if this is something you're curious of in terms of like a, um, you know, a course uh, or, hey, like would radio even work for me? Honestly, you can always book, go to the website at wholesalinginc.com forward slash radio. Feel free to book a call just so you can like talk it out with someone because that's usually helpful. You can sit there and you can research it, but you can't have a conversation with the Google search bar. <laughs> There's only but so much you can you can get out of it. So if it helps you to hop on a call and, and go, hey, what does this look like? What does this look like for me? Feel free again to hop over to uh, the website and book a call. We're happy to answer any questions that you have. But thank you again so much, Sean, for joining. This was awesome. And thank you guys out there for always, you know, listening. I love being able to put together these podcasts and, and pulling on guests just to be able to share as much value with you as, uh, as much as possible is a game changer for your life. And I, I highly believe in everyone being in control as much as you possibly can, like get yourself involved in something that's passionate. That's, that's more fulfilling for you. And in real estate definitely might be that, but, uh, we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.